0: Welcome to the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion,
1: insights, interviews, and analysis.
0: All passion, all derby cat. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast. It's Corey along with you. Jason, unfortunately, is not beside me uh, this, this morning, my time, this afternoon, or this morning, also in the UK time. But you know, we were talking a lot about, you know, who we want to get on as a special guest and refereeing in the EFL has been a of contention for years uh, as we've, as we've discussed on this podcast over a long period of time. So we thought, why not get a referee on? And we decided to go out and get one of the best former FIFA referee and former Premier League referee, Mark Halsey. Mark, how are you?
1: Good morning, Corey. Yeah, very well. Thank you. All all good. Um, and yeah, in, in, in the Spanish sunshine. So, uh, yeah, I'm very good. Very good.
0: I'm I'm jealous. So you can send me a plane ticket and I can come stay with you, yes?
1: <laughs> oh, you can send me a plane ticket and I'll come and stay with you now.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. No, it's help been, it's help been... my old buddy out there, Howard Webb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for for um for sure. Yeah, 'cause it's been it's been pretty nice. So we're coming to the springtime. And so, where about whereabouts are you based? Uh just outside of Washington, DC, in a town called Manassas, Virginia, about thirty miles south of DC. So
1: Oh, a good good friend of mine has just gone out there to be the uh, number two goalkeeping coach at Minnesota. so very um, oh, Barber. So uh, Fred Barber is a really good mate of mine. He's a goalkeeping coach at Crew Alexander. So uh, yeah, he's very just cool. gone out there to join the MLS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: the game is the game is growing out here, and there's a lot of different. They're getting they're getting better every day. The MLS, they're getting better every day. Yeah,
1: yeah. I watch I watch it on Sky Sports back here, so I see a few games and some incidents. So it's it's interesting.
0: So, Mark, I want to talk to you because you talk about incidents. Why? Why be a referee? I know you—you you were a goalkeeper as a young man. Why? Why a referee?
1: Uh, I, I ain't got a Scooby Doo, Gory. Um, it was a good friend of mine who sadly lost to COVID um, last year. Um, we, we used to play together on a Sunday morning. He used to play in front of me. Be, you know, back he used to be been centre back, and um, you know. I, and he became a referee. I don't know how, because when the referee's back was turned, he used to he used to elbow people, kick people and punch people. And then he became a referee and he kept on at me all the time, you know, later years years later. You know, he used to referee on a Sunday morning. Um and he said, Why don't you take up referee? And I said, Listen, you've got absolutely no chance. I do not want to be a referee. Absolutely no chance. Because 'cause I'm a great cricket, I mean, I've in Eng- English cricket, I love it. I'm not sure you guys know what cricket is out there, but, um, you know, I love me cricket. And he's garden backs onto our cricket pitch. And um, every time we sort of go walk around the boundary, putting the world to right, so he would call him and say, oh, come on, come on, come and take up refereeing. you. I love it. I said, Russell, I am not interested. You can stick here where the sun don't shine. I'm not interested. Um, and it was funny because that, that summer, I think it was summer of 88, 89, I was a bit disillusioned mm-hmm. with football. And I just and he and he I think it was around about September, August time, he called me again and I just said, Do you know what? Because you have to take an eight-week course and, and pass an exam and all that. I said, I'm not taking an eight-week course. I said, if I can read the laws of the game, do a do an exam, I'll do it. And they agreed to that and I'd done it, passed the passed the the, the exam. And um, yeah, you know, I, I never looked back really. I was sort of went into refereeing, you know, straight away, I was playing and refereeing. So I had to, you know, I was playing on a Saturday, refereeing on a Sunday. Uh, then I had to make a decision, do I want to, you know, referee and run the line in the Harts County League? Um, if I wanted to go places, I had to give up playing football. So I gave up playing weekends, but I helped my local team midweek when if they were, if they needed a goalkeeper or they were short. So, um, so that season, I sort of, sort of, um, Done that for about a year, and then gave up playing completely, and then just solely just slowly went on to refereeing because, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I remember my first game in the Wellington Hatfield Sunday League. Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, the players knew me because I've, I've, I've played with them and against them, and uh, so yeah, I, I thought I'd give it a go and see how I go, and um, and I never looked back. Really, I, was, I found something that. Um, I was good at it. And you know, they say you've got to be crazy to be a goalkeeper, but you've got to be even work crazier to be a referee. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. We're definitely with a lot of things that we... Uh, but that we but st- I
1: felt, like I, I felt well, like I was giving something back. To, I felt like I was giving something back rather than becoming because my be brother's a manager in, in non-league, in, in the non-league in, in England. And um, I felt like becoming rather becoming a coach and a manager which I, I do now actually in Spain, but I want to give something back to, to goalkeeping, uh, sorry, to, to football and, and come back a referee.
0: So what, how does the mentality change for you then as a player versus, versus a referee? Do you, when um, you started, I think early on, did you still see the game as a player or did you, did you yeah, know I, 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 more I think about the game? I mean,
1: I think, I think going back a, a few years, I mean, when I refereed Chelsea and Jose Mourinho's teams and, um, he always called me the 23rd player because they always they always saw me as a, a players referee. And that's what I was really all through all through my career. You know, when I started on the parts into non-league, into professional football, I always always found myself being a players referee, giving players a chance, you know, putting myself in their shoes, because obviously training with a, with Bolton Wanderers as I did for, for many, many years. Um, gave me that side of it. Our, our players, you know, reacting, training, how they challenge, how they tackle, um, and, and 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 obviously, obviously, myself being a player, I liked when I played. I liked referees that that had a laugh with you and 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 chatted with you and let the game flow, and not stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Knowing when, knowing when to slow the game down. Knowing when perhaps the game's just going out of control. Just then, slowing it down a bit, and, that, and I learned that from playing football, watching referees that refereed me.
0: Do you feel like that helped you in your career with that that touch with the with the players and, and the rapport you were able to to grow with them? Because sometimes,
1: absolutely, are sometimes
0: a little bit. They not that they don't understand it, but you can tell that they're disconnected from the players, and that they see things. Yeah, in the book all the time. I, I, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I think. Um, You know, I think referees think that they command respect straight away as soon as they walk on that field of play. That's not the case. You've got to earn your respect, you know, with the way you speak to people, the way you deal with players, the way you, as I say, the way you speak to players and and the accuracy of your decision making and, and being aware of what is around you. Um, and then you know you you, you sort of you, you you're refereeing a game of football. It's about managing the game, managing the players, managing the event, and at times showing empathy for the game. I mean today you see some some referees that. They just so come across so obnoxious, don't they? And, and arrogant, and and that's and that's not what it's all about. It's not about that. It's not about referees. It's about players and the fans enjoying that game of football, staying out of it. And players dictate how a referee referees a football match, and and the way you speak to the players and you deal with them, you get that respect. Um, and referee in a football match is becomes easy. I know there are sometimes where there's big key match decisions or that you've got a presider. And sometimes you know, with VAR now, you, you know, it's, it's even, I think it's even easier with VAR, you know, because if you make that error, you've got the, you've got VAR to come in and back you up. Um, so, yeah, listen, I, I, I think over my 20 years in, in professional football, I think, you know, players knew what they were getting from me. Um, and I had that respect. You know, I had many times when I was coming on the pitch where I, you know, players come up and put their arm around me and say, Oh, glad, we see, we, glad you're here. We thought we had someone else. Oh, we're glad we've got you. Um, but, you know, and it's all about, you know, as soon as you arrive at the ground, it's the way, you know, you, you've got that personality and, and, and the way you deal with people, the way you greet people, you know, that 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 smile when you walk into the football ground. Um, but when Mark you crossed out, white line, they knew what they were gonna get out of it.
0: So it's up it's up to a point then. And then once the whistle blows, it's we're coming here to do our business. Why are you being silly with that yeah, well, that, yeah once
1: that whistle, beforehand, goes, you know, yeah.
0: Just being a regular normal guy, just being nice to people and kind and showing yeah, Listen. Absolutely. I mean listen, on the field
1: of play, that is a shop floor. And things go on in the shop floor. And you know, I would be lying to you if they're saying there wasn't no shop floor language because. There's loads of shot all language goes on. It goes on now. It, it's always gone on because that's the what players understand. You know, I can't tell you what I've said on this, but things would go on, and you know, I would get people. Players would say things to me, and I would go straight back at them. Like, with
0: don't blame me because you're playing language. poorly. Get me out of, get You had a situation because you're playing poorly, or something like that. Sorry, get it, saying something like the players having a poor game, and they go, "Oh, come on, ref!" And you're like. I'm not going to get you out because you're playing poorly. Don't don't look to me for whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: but it would it would be in in shot. free language. language, yes, <laughs> which they understand and what which I understand and and players and that's and that's what it's about. That's that's you know, it's not it's not foul and abusive language. It's not it's not insulting language. It's not directed at you. It's just in conversation. I mean, you go along, you you go you go in any walk of life, or you go to any stadium or you're walking in the street, you hear far worse language coming from fans towards players and referees than what you hear with players and referees. It's cool. It's the shop floor, and it's shop floor language, and it always goes on in any workplace. And the football pitch is no different. It's a workplace.
0: And, and see, I, I like your point because you're right. I watch I watch some games in the Premier League and others, and you just get this sense sometimes when the camera zooms in on the ref, and you think, yeah, it's all about them. You know, They, they want to make the game all about them, and then just like, shocking how they're at that level where it, 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 it's 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 the referee's show i'm not going to name names on it no 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 Listen, not
1: i mean i it's i sit there and watch all the games because i you know i, I do I write for a national newspaper i do other sort of podcasts and caught offside and things like that and it, you know i sit there and watch watch games and what what annoys me is that we, we see we see so many many cheap yellow cards. We see so many cheap cautions, so many where it's not necessary. If you're managing the game and managing players, there's so many instances that you can manage, but there are some that you can't and you, and you have to bang the yellow card, bang red card. But, and it comes from leadership and direction from the management to their referees. You know, people, you know, we, we get loads of people, you know, fans sort of slagging off referees. And I don't, Technically generally blame the referees. It's the leadership and direction. We've got some excellent referees, you know, most probably Michael Oliver's most probably our best. You know, you've got Andy Taylor, Andre Marin, the experience of Andre and Martin Atkinson, obviously those that loved love or hate Mike Dean, you know, very experienced referee. Um, and we've got some good, good youngsters coming through with Andy Madley and uh, and and John Brooks, but you've got to give them the right training and education and the right coaching. And you've and it's, it's managing. It's no different with with the PGL management, managing the dressing room. And I've been in that dressing room. I've been under the manage, the present management. And for me, they don't know how to manage their men. You know, some referees need a kick up the backside. Some referees, just like players need a bit of loving, need a, an arm around them. And I know that doesn't happen because I've been in that environment. And for me, you've got... If you look at football players, good coaches turn average players into good players, good players into excellent players. We don't have that in refereeing terms. We don't have good coaches. But I mean, there's a lot of us, we're not involved in the PGMOL. You know, you know the reasons why we're not involved. You know, look at Howard Webb, he's a good friend of mine. He's in the MLS. Why did he leave the PGMOL? Mark Clattenburg. why did he leave the, the PGMOL? Lee Probert, why did he leave the PGMOL? because they're not yes men
0: so what is it what does it take ben because uh, you said there like the referees get coaching mark and i didn't realize that was a thing so the PGML then provide courses and training for the referees to keep them on the top of the game about the laws of the game and i'm assuming they sit down and do film study about what would you what would you call here and walk me through your decision making process what needs to change at that level to improve the standard often well, I mean if
1: you there's lots of that I mean if you look at if you look at VAR at the present it's all over the place isn't it VAR in the, in the EPL is all over the place you don't know what you're going to get from one week to another there's so many there's so many inconsistencies with with the with um, VAR in in the Premier League so there's obviously there's there's no clear leadership and direction and we need more training and education with the guys. Me, well, uh, for me, you have your active officials and you have your retired officials that work VAR only. For me, yeah, you're, 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 you're VAR one day on a Saturday and then you're travelling to referee on the Sunday. So you've got to be... For me, they're two different professions. They're totally two different professions. So you've got to have your active referees. as They solely referee. Actively, and you have your retired referees. Then you, you most probably get that consistency. And you, it's two totally different professions.
0: Because I saw Lee Mason; he retired last season, and I thought he shifted into a VAR role. Yeah, but then when the cameras pop up and they say the VARF, I never see him on there, does he just head to the back <laughs> room or?
1: Well, he, uh, he's there doing some. He, he's doing this, doing some games. Um, so, but you know, obviously they, they need to get they needed to get him out of the firing line. So.
0: That's what I wanted to talk to you about with was VAR because obviously it's it's been a massive change to the game, probably one of the biggest changes for refereeing. Yet, I don't know, maybe ever. They mic'd up the refs as well. Do you think it's helping or hurting the standard of refereeing? Because the linesmen aren't necessarily as crisp with the crisp with their decision making, and do you feel like the refs maybe get a little lax because they know that they have a replay system to get them out of trouble if they yeah. make a bad decision?
1: I, I think you're right. I think listen. I think in the Premier League, we've got some of the best assistants. Um, and the, the only thing that with, with the assistance for me, is the offside. You know, when we're seeing many incidents where we clearly see a player is clearly offside, but they're holding the flag. They're holding the flag. And it could, it's going to lead to serious injuries. So when a player is clearly offside, put the flag up. When they're, when they're, when they're in doubt, and, and it's in and around the box, you don't mind the flag staying down because there's not going to be that serious injury. Whereas, you know, 60 yards up the pitch where he's two yards offside, but they keep their flag down to the attack finishes. We're going to, you know, players bearing down and goal and the goalkeeper hairing out. We are going to see, we are going to see a serious injury one day. I don't disagree with you with regarding referees. I think, I think they're not, well, how would I put it? I, I, I think they, you're right. They're relying on VAR. They're not. When I refereed you know you had that gut instinct and you, if you think it was a penalty, you gave that penalty straight away. I think referees are not making that big decision now because if they're thinking oh if if, if it's not a penalty or if it is a penalty VAR will, will recommend a review so I think we're see you know we're seeing that's where we're getting the inconsistencies in in, in, in certain decisions um, so i I think you're right, I think they're relying on var and thats that's not what it's there for. As a, as a referee, as a, for me, I would still want to make that. Um, I still would want to make that decision, on-field decision, and not rely on VAR and, and get it right.
0: Because I mean, I, I see that with the, with the flags going up. And, you know, it's an exciting part of the game. It's a breakaway attack or something like that. and You don't know as a fan whether it's onside or offside. You know, we saw last night in the Champions League, ball pops up, Marcus Alonso hits a cracking right-footed strike into the goal for Chelsea, and then all of a sudden they're like VAR, and you don't know whether it's a goal or or not a goal because of the alleged handball where it tapped his hand, and I understand that rule and everything. But now sometimes, you know, it takes the excitement away as fans, and I'm assuming from players as well, because there's that period of uncertainty where you you just don't know.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen it. Um, There are are times, I mean, I think at the weekend – I think it was Arsenal Brighton, where it took four minutes, four minutes to to, to see that he was offside. Uh, Martinelli was was just offside. Now, for me, that is far too long. If you're taking that long on, on 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 those sort of instances, that long, then it's got to be a goal. You cannot be taking four minutes to 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 look at an offside, and we've seen it many times in the you know the English Premier League where it's, it's a toe now or it's a hill now. Start of the season. The PGML come out and said that these, you know, we wouldn't be seeing any more of these tight offsides. If it's that tight, where we're giving goals where they haven't been. So and I know, and I know, offside is, is is factual. But we're in the entertainments business, and when when you've got it that that tight, and remember, quite a few of the times the cameras aren't parallel with the incident, uh, the technology isn't good enough to, you know, from the moment that ball is kicked to the moment that player starts his run. So. We've got that little bit there. So, you know, there's there's got to be that margin of error, I think. And when it's that, that tight, I think we should be giving goals. And we've seen a lot of goals ruled out perhaps when they shouldn't have been. But, you know, looking at the case last night, you know, the law, you, you, you're correct with Marcus Alonso. I didn't see it in real time. There's no criticism of the match referee there because he wouldn't see that. And, and that's where VAR comes in. And the, the law's correct. You know, Alonso hit, hit his hand accidentally but he was the guy that put the ball in the back of the net. So it has to be disallowed. But had that ball gone to a teammate and then he scored, the goal would have been given.
0: And, and back to your point about the, the delayed offside. The other thing that's irritating is that sometimes they play a ball, the guy's offside and it goes out, the defender clears it for a corner. And then they give a corner, even though the guy was offside. But then if the attacking player had touched it, they'd have given a free yeah. kick or a goal kick or something. And you're like, how can you give it a, a corner when the lad was clearly offside and the defender's clearing it from on rushing Yeah. So I think... You know, no, all... I
1: agree. I mean, in those situations, just put your flag up and give the goal kick. And then, you know, then everybody, then, then there's, you know, what is the expected decision? The expected decision that's offside. Because he's a yard or two offside. You can clearly see he's offside. Like I say, the corner, give the corner, comes over, bang, they score. And there's all the controversy. So just give the offside, or and then, or just give, you know, then, and then give the offside. And then, you know, no one's talking about it, are they?
0: So, Mark, I want to, I want to, talk a little bit about what is it what does it take then to be a referee at the highest level of the English game and the world game because I mean I watched a little bit of the UEFA documentary on referees which I found fascinating but I'm I'm, you know how do you train how do you prepare for those matches would you prepare and train like a player or do you just yeah roll up and like hey I'm just reffing a game today
1: yeah, since since we, we you know we become we come full time. It was just you 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 you, you were just like a player. And I obviously I trained at Bowling Wanderers for many 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 years. Um, you know, looking at diets and the, the way the way how hard I train, when I train, when not to train, when I eat, when I do me warm down, how hard I train before a game, um, and and all that that all that, that that helped that helped me become the the the, the referee I I I, I was. Um, you got. You've got to be. You've got to be mentally tough. You've got to be mentally strong. Um, and I think that's that's what it takes you to be a referee. You've got to be. You. you, you and you, you've got to be one of those referees that can deal with 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 the players. You, you, you've. While everybody else is losing their control, you've got to keep and maintain your self control. You know the way you deal with the players. And you cannot be you cannot be flustered. You know, you, you just you just for me, I just used to go out, referee the game, it was about it was, it's about twenty two players, it's not about me, it's not about the referee, it's about coming off that pitch unscathed and you've got to, as I say, you've got to have the courage and convictions with your, with, with yourself. You've got to be it's like anything in, in, in life, in any, in any in any any industry, in any person, you've got to have that self confidence. If you haven't got that confidence when you're going out into that field of play, you are in trouble you're in trouble. And I always used to think, you know, bang, the whistle, the first whistle, getting that, whether it be a throw, free kick or corner, getting that correct, or an early yellow card. And it was very rare for me to give out an, an early yellow card. But if I did, you know, it was, everyone knew it was an on yellow card. And then you you sort of grow in stature, you grow in confidence. You think, yeah, I've got that right game. And that leads you on. Um, but when when you, you can always see a referee when he's making, he's made two or three, Small errors, you know, he's not on his game, and you know there's going to be a, a big error coming later on, and that, and that generally often often happens. So you've got to be mentally tough, mentally strong, and you, as I said earlier, you've got to have that. You've got to, you've got to understand players' frustrations. You've got to understand. You know, football's about opinions, yes, but it also has its frustrations. The same with managers. You, you know, when I was four official, I understood. Players and managers' frustrations, and just sort of just used to calm them down with a little comment or a smile. I see, you know, Thomas Tuchel was 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 complaining about the referee last night when he was smiling and shaking hands with um, Carlo Angelotti. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. No, know, there is nothing wrong with that. You know, you see it many times. Players come and shake the referee's hand, and they smile, and they have a little a little chat or a, or a little discussion, and they, you know, they. They, they they just saw dismissive with a with a smile and a, and a handshake and that's what happens. It's like for me, there's nothing wrong in that. Nothing wrong in that whatsoever.
0: How much mental preparation do you did you do as a ref or that referees do ahead of a game? I mean, let's say you let's say you're looking at Derby versus Fulham. Let's just say, would you watch the previous game? Would you look at who this the team might be and who troublemakers could be in the team? Yeah,
1: yeah, the yeah form, listen, or? you know. You would know them anyway through the season because you referee the teams many, many times. But I never prejudged. I never, I always referee what was in front of me. Yeah, listen, I would say, you know, I would know me troublemakers and I would just go up before Kielce. Hey, make sure you behave today. You make sure you behave today. And I remember, I remember refereeing Stoke and Everton and um, Fellaini uh, left his head on Shawcross from a, from a corner beyond my back. Um, he got, I know he got, you know, he got He got three games um, because I said, I'd have seen that, I would have sent the player off. A few weeks later, I was refereeing him at Man United and I just went up to him before Keel I said, don't you be doing what you've done at Stoke? I said, because you've let me down big time there. I said, I'll be, I'll be watching you. I'll be watching you. I will not be taking my eyes off of you. And I remember uh, Leon Osman come up and he said, oh, you can't save me. I said, I'll tell you what, I can. And I just add, so get lost. <laughs> uh, you know, he let me down at, 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 at good at um, the Britannia. Yeah, okay, Mark, I understand. So, you know, you you talk you talk away to him, and then they and, and then he he didn't put a foot wrong all game. You know, he was good as gold. So, so you sort of, you're you sort of using your kidology before the game starts, and you just go and you know and you, you you're getting them in your pocket before you start.
0: I want to talk then. Who are the who are the best and worst players to deal with? Ah, uh, uh,
1: listen! Uh, 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 we'll give you the uh, most
0: uh, stint
1: I'm not listen. I, I, I was privileged to referee at the highest level for many, many years. There's some, you know, I had some tremendous, great times. Some great players. Some players. I mean, yeah, I mean, I got on well with all the players. I mean, one of the players that was always in your ear, and you, you, you know, it was it was was Craig Bellamy. I mean, he never stopped <laughs> moaning, but he kept you on your feet. He kept, you know, he kept you, you know, your concentration levels because you knew, it, as as a referee, if you switched off. You were in trouble. You were in trouble. You just could not switch off. You couldn't. you be been trouble. But I mean, lots of players, you know, kept you on your toes. Was, we had some. I mean, this there's, there's some great players in the Premier League over the years I, that I have refereed. Uh, they know they are. They, you know, you know they are, um, and you know all the troublemakers are. You know, but I wouldn't say Craig's a troublemaker, but he, he likes to he likes to voice his opinion to you. <laughs>
0: um, I want to talk about. Being promoted to a to be being promoted to a FIFA ref because you took charge of Belgium and France in in Belgium uh, for your first game as a FIFA ref. What was it like for you, who had had this top career, to be recognized as one of the top officials in the world and to do an international match of that of that quality?
1: It, uh, it's it's like anything, you know. Representing your country, it's like a player, you know. And I've got the I've got the cap for me, me FIFA cap from from the, from England. Um, me England cap, I should say, it's like anything, you know, you reach the top of your profession, you're recognized by the, the the English FA that you're one of their best referees, and and it's very proud to walk out there with you know, you're, you're going abroad with the free lines on you and the FIFA badge on, on your chest, and um, it, you know, it's just fantastic. You, you, you couldn't, as, as a, when I started out as a referee, I never ever thought that um, I would be representing my country as a referee and referee, and you know, on on foreign shores. I'd, you know, been to Japan, China, been all around, all around Europe refereeing, and I never thought I'd get that. Um, and, yeah, listen, I, I worked for it. I worked hard for it. I trained hard for it. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed my years as a, as a referee. And, yes, do I miss it? Of course I miss it. Of course I miss the banter.
0: Do you see yourself going back into obviously not on the field reffing but do you see yourself moving back into a management role with the PJMLL or teaching young refs to come through sometime listen, in the future
1: listen listen with all my experience I'd love I'd love to be involved with coaching um, but obviously at this present moment it's it, it, it's not possible
0: and mark when we look at when we look at the future of refereeing and what it holds, obviously technology is probably going to play a key role. We've had the referees mic'd up is probably a good thing that they can all communicate. Now Um, we have VAR. It's, it is what it is. We just talked about it, you know Um, how, how does the future of refereeing go from here? What, what are the next innovations that are going to come up with this?
1: I I think, I think one thing um, with, with VAR, um, I think that, um, Everybody needs to, needs to hear the conversation between referee and VAR. So everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows what they're looking at. And everybody knows how it, how they got to that decision, how they got to that decision. And then disagree or not disagree. Um, you, you have that respect for that decision. You know, you go, okay, yeah, okay, we'll accept that, but don't agree with it, but... We accept it. So everybody knows what is going on. Just like we hear in rugby, Union Rugby League, and we hear it in cricket, in England, we hear hear the umpires talking, we hear what's going on. And I think that's the next thing that we, you know, so, so, you know, because supporters are just as important as the players and the coaches and the managers. They're just as important as anybody else in the game. So we need, they need to hear what's going on just, you know, to, to so they can come to, to see how they come to a decision. And I, and I think also I think perhaps we're looking at, you know, should we bring in a timekeeper for for referees? You know, so that takes that that often because you know when you, you know referee puts he says oh three minutes four minutes five minutes six minutes and and a team gets a winner in that time or an equaliser, then they yeah you know, they, they criticize the referee oh where did he find that time where did he find that time if we have a you know a, a sole timekeeper like we do in rugby union and rugby league. Uh, that may that may help.
0: An in, an independent body who's
1: toting, an indep- body in, yeah, an independent body like like that, that sits there, you know, stops to watch. You know, because we, you know, when you see you don't get a lot of time. You don't get a lot of time in ball time in play, do you? Um, and then you can just, you get an independent timekeeper that sits there and stops to watch when there's an injury, stops to watch for a caution, stops to watch when he, or you, you feel, or stop the clock when he feels a player's wasting time. Um, so. Uh, perhaps perhaps that's something that might come in in, in, in the future
0: because I've always liked the idea that of refing the mics up uh, uh, um, miking the refs up either with the VAR officials or with what they say to the players and stuff like that because you know you have we have seen it in rugby it, it works quite well, it gives you some very interesting yeah. as, as a television audience and I agree with you, you know I can disagree or or agree or disagree with the decision that you, Mark Halsey makes on a field, but then I can say, you know what I can see the logic behind the way he got there and what he's yeah. at in the angles. Yeah. I disagree with it because it disadvantages my team.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: And the logic in his thought process rather than just like, yeah. who's this guy making this decision out of nowhere, like where they do that? Um, and I agree. I think one of the other things is, we talked about this earlier, you know, if, if you're dealing with an offside for four minutes, it's not clear and obvious. So therefore, VAR shouldn't be intervening.
1: I, I, absolutely. And we've, seen, we've seen many instances this season where we've seen, you know, Clear penalties, clear penalties not given and VAR not recommended review where it's been a clear and obvious error when we've seen sometimes where they've got involved when it's not a clear and obvious error. And that's what I'm saying about the, the inconsistency of, of VAR in, in, in the English Premier League.
0: We talked about we just talked about decision making and, 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 and making controversial decisions, Mark. And I know um you were you were the uh, subject of some some abuse that took place earlier on and i don't necessarily want to delve into that deeply but what i'd like to say what i'd like to ask you is is that ever something that runs through your mind especially in the social media age with these refs obviously a lot of them probably aren't on social media do they think oh christ if if i don't go this way that way i'm going to get slated i'm going to get flack to my family. How does that affect you and how did it affect you as a referee?
1: Um, listen, uh, as I say, you've got to be mentally tough and mentally strong as, as, as a referee on and off the field. Um, I've been very lucky, really, over my long career that I've never really suffered any um, abuse. I think it's only happened on two occasions, right near the end of my career, and once when I retired, actually. Um, and it obviously it happened after a, a Liverpool-Man United game. I, 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 can, I can accept it. I can, I can take it. But when it involves my family and and they're involved and the threats to my, you know, my young daughter and my wife, then I, I cannot, I cannot tolerate I can't have that, you know. There's, there, there's, there's not a line right. to
0: cross there. There's, 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 there's,
1: there's a line the that you there. draw. Yes, have a go at me, but don't involve my family.
0: And switching gears, when when you're reffing and you're refereeing top teams like Manchester United or, or Liverpool or Chelsea or Tottenham or Manchester City or whatever, you as a football fan and you as a ref, are you ever sitting? Are you ever as a referee going, "Oh man, this is a good game"? Or do you enjoy it, or is it just is it just solely focused on work? And then maybe you watch the replay of the game for enjoyment if you were looking forward to watching it.
1: Uh, listen, we're, we're, we're the third team. We can go out and enjoy ourselves, enjoy the game as well. But obviously, you've got to be focused, and you've got to you've got a referee. What's your front of you? Um, of Course, yeah, we can, we can enjoy it, but obviously at the end of the day, it is a job, and you've got to go out and referee that game to best. Now, you know, for me, as I was coming up through the leagues, it, it, you know, even in refereeing the best players in the world, you're refereeing 22 players. Don't matter, who, you forget about the names, you're just refereeing 22 players in different surrounds, you know, in a professional football stadium, and you just go out there and you referee the game. Hopefully, you come off with 22 handshakes. Um, you will have one or two people are upset with you that because they've not, you know, all managers don't matter how well you get on with players or managers, if they have a decision that go against them, then they will come to you and want want an explanation.
0: And I I often hear this when I watch games that a player, a player's on the yellow, on a yellow or, or commits a foul. And the commentator says, well, that's a yellow on any other part of the pitch or, you know, if that happens, you know, if there's a foul on the box, let's say, and the penalty's not given because of whatever reason, and they go, I ran on the part of the pitch. The referee, referee is giving that giving that as a foul. Is there a higher threshold sometimes when a player has a yellow card to do the second one or when there's a dist- – <sighs> yeah,
1: yeah, referees have to set their tolerance levels in games. You know, you have to, and I said earlier, there's many, too many cheap yellow cards now. What we've got to realise is every every foul, every bit of contact is not a yellow card. Not every handball is not a yellow card, and we've we've got to remember that. You know, we've got to remember that. We see, you know, pro- players caution for promising attacks. We've, is it a promising attack when there's defenders around him? You know, shirt. Sure, you yeah. see, sometimes a player a ca- caution because he's yanked a shirt back. Now, you know, if he's yanked a shirt back. And there's no one, no one around him. That's a promising attack. Now there's a little shirt pull, and there's loads of defenders around him. That's not a promising attack. So you know that's that it's a careless, you know, a careless challenge. You, you you can manage careless stroke, reckless. You can manage them. Um, you can give you can give the player a benefit of the doubt. You do that again, I'll caution you. So. As I say, we've got to realise, people got to realise that every foul is not a yellow card. Every handball is not a yellow card. And we do see sometimes referees cautioning players for handballs in the penalty area when penalties are given. When it's, it, 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 you could say with a defender, penalties are sufficient punishment.
0: And, and I'm assuming when you're in the game and, and you're getting the vibe of the game of how it's going on and you're an experienced ref, you can tell if the game, if it's going to cut up or it's going to be a, you can, your do you, do you set your tolerance threshold when you, you get can. five for the game in the first five minutes and go, this is going to be a game everyone's going to try or I'll, I'll keep the cards in my pocket or this looks like it's cutting up here. I need to start to do something and manage it that way.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, you, you judge your level of involvement. You judge your level of involvement with, it, with the tempo of the game, the temperature of the game. The temperature of the game's going right up. Then you've got to bring it back down. And not play so many advantages, and um, and just slow the game down. But by, by by I mean slowing the game down. I just, you 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 slow down the free kicks. Yeah, you, you still let the play go on, but like when I say slow the game down, you slow the free kicks down. When you give a free kick, you just, hey, you slow it down, you stand on the ball, slow it down, slow the game down. And you're talking with players all the time because you're aware of what's going on around you. You know that he's, he's had a little little nibble at him, he's, you know, a little nibble there, and he's had a little nibble there. He's said, hey, you, cut that out. You know, you, and you're, you're speaking to the players all the time. When I was a referee, I was speaking all the time to the players to keep them out of trouble. And that's what it's about. You're managing the game, managing the players, managing the event. And Mark, I've got a couple more questions for you. Yeah,
0: yeah quickly, because I've is,
1: got to shoot. I've got another, I've got another uh, appointment. So,
0: One of them is, uh, be- best game as a referee? My best game as a referee? One
1: uh, you enjoyed the most, the
0: best occasion.
1: Well, uh, listen, I, I've, many, I've refereed many top games, but the one for me was when I was told I would never, ever referee again because um, I battled cancer um then I came back and refereed my first game back in the Premier League uh it was Wigan and Blackpool and I was told I would never ever referee at the top level again and I proved them wrong and I did
0: how do you how do we as how do we as not we because I'm not part of the game but how does the PGO or referee how does the standards of refereeing because not only in the Premier League, but the EFL refereeing, if you talk to a lot of Derby fans, is atrocious. I'm sure if you talk to a lot of EFL fans, some of it's kind of atrocious. How do we improve the standard of refereeing in, in England? Because sometimes when you see top games, you don't necessarily English, see English officials at the top games of UEFA and FIFA. H- how do we improve the standard of refereeing? How does it get better from here?
1: You bring the likes of myself, Jeff Winter, um, Lee Probert, uh, Mark Klanberg, Howard Webb back into the PGMO. That's what you do. What, what needs... What needs- to, bring back, to bring back top quality coaches that have been there, done it, more than Tisha, shirt and know what's going on and how to handle situations on the field of play and interact with the players. Not be dismissive, not be arrogant. Yes, you can laugh and you can joke with the players, but when you have that chance to stamp your authority on a game, you've got to do it. That doesn't mean to say it has to be with a yellow card. You can do it verbally. And that's the problem we've got. We've not got the the top coaches at present in the top best league in the world.
0: And the one other thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, we often see players get booked for dissent. When you were refing, what crosses the line? Because you said you like to have a bit of banter with the players and there's this ongoing conversation. What crosses the line? What do I have to say to you that crosses that line that says, you know what, I've had enough of this man, I'm booking him.
1: Oh, it was a big. I mean, I. I it's it's, it's. It, 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 you know, I had, I had a very high tolerance level. I had a very high tolerance level. So, players, knew, but players knew when they crossed those. Someone come up to me effing and jeffing at me directly to me. Not you know, um, at, at me. Not in conversation. Then I would, I would most probably then. What I would do, I would say I would turn around and say, You what, what did you say? And if they said, Oh Mark, I'm sorry, just frustration, I would say, okay, no problem. But if they turn around and they were a bit dis you know with their body language and you, you heard, you know, I would just say, right, okay, bang. Thank you, yellow card. And so, but it's very, very rare that I cautioned a player for dissent because I had the I think I had the respect to the players. And that was that was that was one thing for me about anything, you know through my career I'm not worried about big games cup finals did I have respect to the players did I have respect of, of many managers and spectators yes I did that would do for me
0: fair enough Mark well I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time thanks for not thanks for not booking me in the podcast I'm glad I <laughs> crossed that threshold but you know refereeing is such a, an important part of the game um, and something that I've always I've always had questions about. I've always wondered about, and I really appreciate you taking some time to to lift the veil of it to to enlighten me to let me learn a little bit more about the game. I'm really appreciative of it.
1: You're you're welcome, and I love you know I loved every minute of of my career. Uh, yeah, I had some good times. I had some bad times. I made some made mistakes. No, you know I'm human. What we've got to remember is that referees are human. But even now with VAR, we should be seeing some of the mistakes that we are seeing so Fair pleasure to talk to you my friend
0: I appreciate it Mark Mark Halsey former FIFA referee and uh, Premier League referee Mark thanks so much for, for joining us on the Rams Review Podcast today
1: take care and all the best pal thank you for listening to the Rams Review Podcast Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and if you'd like to get in touch we're on Twitter at RamsReview1, on Facebook Podcast. drop us an email RamsReview at Hotmail.com and until next time, up the Rams.